This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. So welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. We are continuing to celebrate all things blueberries as National Blueberry Month continues. It's been an exciting month, to say the least. And as we've shared on this podcast in recent weeks, there's been a lot of efforts to inspire consumers and highlight the blueberry community during this time. We've wrapped up America's Blueberry Pie Contest, and we've worked hard to keep blueberries front and center in the consumer's mind all month long. This celebratory month aligns with the busiest time for many of our growers as they go through their peak seasons, and that's no coincidence. Today, we're bringing onto the show one of those growers who has been in the throes of a very busy blueberry season. Our guest also happens to be an emerging leader in this industry who already has a number of accomplishments under her belt. I'm pleased to welcome Chelsea Consolo, Vice President of Operations for Consolo Family Farms based there in New Jersey, which handles packing, distributing, and shipping. The fourth generation company handles nearly 10 million pounds of blueberries a year, as well as vegetables. In fact, the packer recently named Chelsea one of its women in produce and called her a woman to watch in our industry. She's also very involved in the industry, serving on the New Jersey Blueberry Industry Advisory Council and previously serving as an ambassador of the North American Blueberry Council. And the list goes on. So without further ado, Chelsea, welcome to the business of blueberries. Thank you, Casey. And I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Excited to have you here. Excited to talk a little bit about how the New Jersey season has gone. I know it's raining there today, but uh, it's been full force out there uh, for a while. Uh, I'd love to learn more about how you feel the season's going. But before we do, I think our audience would love to learn a little bit more about your background. So maybe you could talk a little bit about your farm, your family, and you know specifically what led you to come back to the family operation after college. Sure. So my family's been in the industry since the 1920s. Uh, We actually started in 1927. I grew up around produce, not only blueberries, but vegetables. Blueberries have actually always been at the forefront of our family business. My grandfather started to really get a reputation for quality blueberries. Um, He actually just started selling 30 boxes at a time in the 1960s. So he just started growing more and more and more. He became one of the first to start selling blueberries to retail stores from New Jersey. So that's kind of how we grow reputation um, for blueberries being one of our main items. And like I said, we also do vegetables, but people know us for blueberries in the New Jersey area. Um, so I grew up around farming and around produce, and my family just became known for quality products and our close-knit family values. Well, and fourth generation, which is significant in your family's operation and, you know, measurement of change over time for farming often gets measured in acreage, uh, you know, how much more you grow in that scale of measurement. But it would be interesting to hear from the beginning to today, you know, how that's changed, how much specifically in blueberries you grow versus when it first started. But what other changes besides just kind of growth in acreage? So let's start with, you know, how many acres 
do you represent or do you grow? And then what other changes would you say you've seen over the years on the farm? Yeah. So like you said in the beginning, we represent about 10 million pounds of blueberries just in the New Jersey area. And as far as changes, I mean, we've changed significantly. My grandfather, like I said, when I first started, he started off with, you know, selling 30 boxes at a time. So that's another thing that kind of motivated me to not only start in the business, but still continue in the business is to see the growth that happened and to see the growth that still happened and to be recognized, you know, not only myself, but my family and to see how far we've come with blueberries and with our whole business. So it's been really great to see that. Um, As far as other changes, I've really pushed some huge changes on the farm and in other aspects of our business. This season, we started with a new traceability and payroll system on our farm. We're working with a company by the name of Orange Enterprises. Their system, it's called Pet Tiger, payroll employee tracking. It utilizes different mobile devices, things like biometrics. So like an iris scanner, finger scanner, different things. And uses these scan devices in the field. So we scan an employee's identification badge, different identification badges that we have on the blueberry picking trays. Um, So we can track fields, which employee picked which tray. So everything's tracked right down to our field and employee. And that's how we pay our workers. Everybody gets onboarded by this system. So it's very organized. And we implemented that this year. um, And I kind of spearheaded that project. What inspired the the spearheading? I mean, the obvious need for it on the farm, but but where did you find your inspiration? Where did you see that kind of organization taking place already? So we were using a different system, uh, kind of similar. So it was electronic, but we came across this system from Orange Enterprises on LinkedIn. We contacted them and did some research. And, you know, I've kind of just been looking into, you know, what can we do better on the farm? How can we be better? And we looked into the system and we saw how many great things they were doing and how many different things that they offer. So, you know, we put it into place because I just saw how much they could do for us and how many different modules they had and what different things they could do, how many different things we could add on in the future. So not only did they have the payroll and employee tracking and the different biometrics, they offer other things that we can go on and implement in the future if we want to add more and more and more to the farm. So I just want to keep pushing for more innovation. And I think it's best for us to continue to add on. We also implemented, I know you guys are familiar with Highland. We're now using their food safety system. It's all electronic, keeps the documents very organized. So I'm just trying to keep up with not only keeping the farm organized, but just keeping everything as easy and quick as possible so that we don't have too much labor and too much wasted time so that we can focus on getting the crop as best as we can, you know. Interesting. You know, I think having had the opportunity one time to go and visit New Jersey, I just, I loved visiting all the farms that I saw, you know, touring with Danny Doyle and kind of looking at a lot of what is out there in New Jersey but it's unique. And I think you were kind of speaking to how unique that community of growers represents in kind of the spectrum of responsibility we have here at USHBC. 
But maybe what do you find that's unique about New Jersey in comparison to the other growing regions? I know you've traveled for the NABC meetings and seen other regions across the country. But when you think of New Jersey or when you when you speak of, you know, where you're from and the growing region that you represent, you know, what comes to mind? So you mentioned Danny. I know he's been on your podcast before and he mentioned the story about Elizabeth White and how she started blueberries here and started cultivating them. And they grow best here because of the soil here. But I would say the uniqueness of New Jersey is is really the community. You know, we talk to each other. We talk about the season. It's raining here today. So we're on the phone with each other, communicating about that. How's everybody doing? What's everybody doing today? And, you know, we're kind of hoping for the weather to clear up. And then we're really lucky to have that here in New Jersey. So I think that's what makes us unique. Yeah, no, it was neat to see myself. And, you know, I, I remember jumping in the truck with Art and then all of a sudden, uh, Paul McCree's in the back seat, and you know it just we're cruising around and it was really neat to see you know the ability to just kind of bounce between farms you know bounce between friends and visit the field so yeah, well, very good early in the season, you shared with me your excitement for the season I, I think you even told me you you'd never seen so many blueberries on the farm. How has the season progressed since then for you, and how is it going generally now for New Jersey? yeah, so fruit came on really fast, so many blueberries. You know, I think we're really proud of of the quality that we're putting out here. Everybody in New Jersey is some really good quality fruit. It all came on fast for us um, this year, which was really different from last year. So we we did see a difference um, in the timing of everything. I would say, you know, it's raining today. So we're just really working through the weather here. We're hoping that the weather clears up for us tomorrow and, and we don't see any, you know, weather issues, which... You know, everybody sees that in in any region. Everybody hopes for the weather to be in their favor. Early on, we didn't have any problems with weather. It's been a little hot, which has posed some issues for our crews. You know, it's a little hot later in the day for them. So it's too hot for them to be working. Um, So that's posed a couple of issues. But like I said, as far as the quality, I think we're really proud of the quality that we're putting out here. Um, And we have some pretty good volume. Okay. Well, speaking of harvest, uh, we've got our domestic season well underway and we'd like to dig in here to our weekly crop report. So the harvest is in full swing in many parts of the country. And today we'll hear from some of those regions. So here once again is your blueberry crop report. It's time now for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today you'll hear from Doug Kramer in Oregon, Brian Sakuma in Washington, Matt McCree in New Jersey, Pat Gowen in Indiana, and Jason Smith in British Columbia. This was recorded on July 21st, 2021. This is Doug Kramer reporting for Oregon, and weather has been very nice here since two weeks ago or a little more when we had our heat wave. So we're getting back into some good quality fruit. A lot of the heat damaged fruit has fallen off the bushes and making it easier to uh, pick that quality fruit. Weather has actually been ideal for blueberries since that point in time. Plant health is looking surprisingly good. We were concerned that the heat might have some 
long-term effects on more of these plants. But uh, other than a few odd varieties, plants look to be coming out of it and growing very well. So that's my report for this week. Okay, this is Brian Sakuma calling from Washington, the western side. It's been very dry here, but the weather temperatures have cooled off quite a bit from the the high points in our area. Uh, On the west side, we're finishing up Dukes and then starting to get into the front end end of the Drapers. People are still looking at reduced yields, especially in the eastern part of the the counties where they tended to get a little bit higher temperatures. Uh, wet Eastern Washington, you know, they're in the peak of their deal or coming off the peak of uh, Dukes and rolling into the Drapers pretty heavy and probably looking at things like Liberty coming online soon. So uh, quality is good. They're still looking at overall reduced tonnages statewide uh, and it's been dry over there in fact there's going to be there's starting to be quite a few forest fires in the the hills of eastern washington and i don't know if that may be problematic they get large and you have uh, cloud and smoke coverage all right good morning this is matt mccree reporting for new jersey uh, pests and disease pressure are normal for this late in the season fields that are still being harvested have their cover sprays applied harvest status for us here is uh we're seeing volume go down, so we're starting to wind down here in the region. Most farms are wrapping up with machine harvest blue crop for process. There are still a few farms that are picking the first round of Elliott's for fresh. Most of the labor here has now moved on, and farmers will finish their harvest with small groups that are left. That's my report. Good morning, everyone. This is Pat from Indiana. Uh, Growers are continuing to apply routine applications for SWD control. Fungicides are being used uh, to help whatever fruit quality that uh, we we might be able to to gain from that. Uh, Machine harvesting has begun uh, as some quality in fields are declining because of all of the rain that we've had. So that's going processed. We've begun the first pick of Elliott and Sensation, and that should go on for a couple of weeks, hopefully, if the weather permits. Uh, I think that uh, most of the Indiana growers will be finishing harvest probably within a week to a week and a half, wrapping up the season. The estimate still remains the same at 3 million pounds of fresh and 200,000 pounds of process. Thank you. Good morning, uh, Jason Smith, uh, reporting for British Columbia. Similar to Washington, Oregon, we've been experiencing uh, good weather for blueberry production. We are uh, extremely dry. can't remember the last time we saw any rain. It'd be kind of nice to see a bit. But uh, anyway, the province actually has declared a state of emergency because of all the fires going on. It's mostly in the interior. Expect to see some smoke and stuff building over the next while. But quality is good. Growers are depending on their location in the valley, anywhere from wrapping up Duke to going in the second pick machine for the process market. Most are through uh, at least two picks if they're going into into the fresh market. Uh, I suspect by the end of the week, some blue crop fields will have begun being harvested and and draper as well at this point that's my report
Thank you so much to our colleagues from around the country who take time to participate in these crop reports and offer an on-the-ground look as to what's happening in our domestic season. So now let's go back to our conversation with Chelsea. Chelsea, I want to talk a little bit more about your background and talk specifically about some of the things you've accomplished. You clearly are an emerging leader there, both in New Jersey and certainly nationally, as we see this uh, recent recognition from the Packer. So maybe you could talk a little bit about the Packers Women in Produce Acknowledgement this year and what that meant to you. I was very honored to be recognized by the Packer. Uh, We actually have a recognition article hanging up in our office from them, from my grandfather. So uh, when they they recognized me, I I sent them a photo of that. So it was really exciting. I really enjoyed the podcast I did with them, just talking about my experiences. I felt like I could really hope to motivate other young people and especially other young women by my experience. So I really appreciate the honor. Well, it was exciting to hear, you know, and I did get to catch that podcast and it was just neat to kind of hear you speak about the experience. Certainly, you know, we take a victory lap with you as part of the blueberry industry, you know, recognizing the role that you're playing in your company today. And I think the future ambition you have for the blueberry industry and, you know, like you said, it's what excites you about the role you play there in the company. But maybe you could share a little bit from your perspective, you know, you're there now, you're implementing all this kind of futuristic technology, maybe getting a little pushback for that. But in the end, you're doing it because you see a long-term benefit for your time and attention, your time and talent into this industry versus anything else you could go do. So what is it that you see about the future at this stage of your career in the Blueberry deal uh, that gets you excited? So for me, because my family's been in it so long, we have such a long history. So that really motivates me Um, as far as right now, when we're really in it, when we're in the season and it's hard, you know, we're tired, we're working really hard and the season's long. But I just really think about that. You know, I'm so motivated and honored by what my family's built here. And I really want to keep it going. And and I'm seeing this beautiful crop that that we've brought to fruition and how we're getting it to consumers. And it really makes me proud. So I really want to keep that going and I want to keep it growing. It makes me excited to see other growers doing that. And I feel supported by the other growers that we have here in Jersey. And I think we're really doing a great job of, of putting this crop out. So that really makes me want to keep keep it going. So I feel excited about that. I feel excited about the future. And I'm excited that my siblings are involved with me. And I want to see them grow. I'm excited to see what's in store for them. So I hope that we can continue. And uh, in the other investments we might want to touch on that that show commitment to the long term of this game, obviously varieties and machine harvest and all the things that you know try to make this both economical and profitable. What other things are you looking at, you know, from a futuristic standpoint that you're investing in for that long term? I think what you're touching on, I think I would say anything in automation. I think labor's really challenging, especially after COVID. I think field automation, automation in the packing house. Um, I have a perspective on other crops, so I've kind of seen it everywhere. But in blueberries, it's especially challenging just because of the amount of labor that you need. I think it's a cost-benefit factor with everything because there's a lot of different automation that is already available to our industry. But 
like I said, cost benefit factor and and what different automation are you going to put into place, you know, and what's the cost of it, but definitely automation because of the labor is an issue. And I know that you're aware of our innovation and technology committee, and we're continuing at USHBC to push innovation as a primary theme and, and focus for our program going forward. But you also, of course, are very familiar with our promotion work and our promotion program. And we certainly appreciate the partnership we saw out there this year with uh, New Jersey Fresh and our Grab a Boost of Blue program. But I wanted to just bring this unique to you piece of your history that you haven't brought up yet that our audience may want to know more about, which is that at one point you were hoping to pursue a life in the culinary world. And, uh, you know, it's interesting enough, we're actually hosting a America's best blueberry pie contest. And I thought, well, geez, this would be something Chelsea, if she wasn't already in the industry, would probably want to throw her hat in the ring. But I think our audience would be interested to know about that passion of yours. And has that passion helped you in the farming side of the business. So as we're, you know, hosting this contest that's asking people who buy blueberries, who makes the best blueberry pie, you know, this has obviously been something you've thought about as someone who cares about that ingredient use in your home. So where's that passion come from and how is it related to your profession today? So first I told my mom that she needs to enter the pie contest because she makes amazing blueberry pie and she does not bake at all. She is very good cook, but she does not bake. And I'm always a baker in the house. But I told her because she makes amazing blueberry pie, but I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Um, But as far as your question, you know, baking will always be a love for me. To be honest, I really still hope to pursue it one day somehow involved with the farm. I get it all the time that I should still pursue it. And I I really do hope to pursue it one day. But I actually uh, went to school for entrepreneurship you know, in hopes of starting the bakery. And I feel like I still kind of apply everything I learned to the farming industry and to what I'm doing now on the blueberry farm. So I have pretty extensive knowledge from everything I learned in college with with the entrepreneurship degree. And I feel like I've used everything I learned in college now, even though I didn't start the bakery and start that business. You know, and I think that it's interesting too, that with that knowledge that comes from baking and food ingredient use that, you know, you're thinking of that. And so I guess my question to you, is there a variety or is there something that you reach for, or maybe it's multiple varieties, but I'm just curious from your perspective, when you're making things or when you think about making things, you know, how how is that experience you have of growing things connect? It's funny because they always want me to make the blueberry cake that everybody knows about during blueberry season. And I don't have the time to make the blueberry cake during blueberry season. In New Jersey, we grow blue crop here. So they love to have the blueberry cake with the blue crop because it's a little sweeter. So I always make the blue. I try to make the time to make the blueberry cake with the blue crop. Oh, man. Now I want some blueberry cake. (laughs) It seems like a perfect segue into our marketing booth. So here is USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing and Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. Let's talk about consumer tips and advice on blueberries. Pack them as a snack for a trip to the beach, on a hike, or picnic with family and friends. Cook them into sauces for dishes on the grill. Blueberry barbecue sauce, anyone? Toss blueberries in salads for an extra burst of color and flavor. Make your own blueberry ice cubes to add a boost of blue to your sparkling water or cocktails. 
These are just a few of the tips we're sharing with consumers throughout the summer, and you can too. By using National Blueberry Month and all summer to educate people about the delicious and versatile ways to bring blueberries into their daily diet, you are more likely to create blueberry lovers all year long. One of the best ways to provide tips and advice is through your social media channels. Consider a tip of the week for your Instagram or link to fun summer recipes on Facebook or Twitter. We know coming up with good content can be time consuming, and that's why USHBC is here to help. Just visit ushbc.org slash toolkits and click on National Blueberry Month. There, you'll find a consumer tip sheet packed with advice and ideas. It's designed so you can share it in your monthly newsletter as is, or simply pull tips from it to use as captions for your social media. Need images that capture attention? They're in there too, at ushbc.org slash toolkits. Let's get people thinking all things blueberry. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Casey, back to you. Thanks, Jenny. Let's return now to our conversation with New Jersey blueberry grower, Chelsea Consolo. Chelsea, I think you probably are making some of our listeners and certainly maybe the host here feel a little under-accomplished compared to the things you've done and you're planning to do. But talking to you really inspires hope about what this future deal is for our blueberry industry. And so along those lines, I'd like to close this conversation by asking you, you know, what is it that gives you hope about the future of the blueberry industry? So as far as my experience, I think it was really great. You know, my experiences with, you know, with the USHBC program was I met so many people. I had great networking. Um, you know, I had experience with other programs with, as you guys know, I was in PMA's Emerging Leaders Program. I, I had great experience there. And I encourage, you know, other people my age to get involved with these programs and even younger people in the industry, because I feel like that's the most important thing is to get out there and meet people because that's how you get more involved and you meet friends and you meet older mentors and that's how networking happens. So, I, you know, I think my expectation is to get other younger people involved in these organizations. And I think networking is how you grow the industry and how you meet connections. And that's really the next step is getting more young people involved. That is inspiring. And I really appreciate you sharing that because I, I think I've said in meetings I've been in recently where I've shared you know, with people much like yourself, where they're looking at that future, and they're certainly looking at what USHBC or NABC can represent in working forward in that into that future. And it really is, you know, when I talk to the Denny Doyles and the Art Galettas and the growers who have been a part of the organization for, for many years, it is that network that they point to that they've really benefited from. And so, you know, being an organization that can help network our industry is certainly something that I know our listeners will be inspired by hearing from you as you go forward from here. So I look forward to seeing you in person in Salem this fall. And of course, really appreciate you joining us today. And thank you for all the support you certainly have given our two organizations over the years. Not only have you benefited from participating in our program, but you know we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you and your family's uh, support for our program. So thank you for joining us. Best wishes on the continued of, uh, harvest of the season and uh, tell all those guys out there that we say hello. Thanks, Chelsea. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I really enjoyed that 
kind of wide ranging conversation with Chelsea, uh, certainly inspired by what she is doing out there. And certainly congratulations again to her on her women in produce acknowledgement for 2021 by the Packer, uh, but just an emerging leader out there in New Jersey who has a lot of ambition for the future. So again, one of my key takeaways is just understanding that, you know, as this next generation comes forward, they're putting a lot of effort into the blueberry deal. Not only did she get into it because of blueberries, but I think, you know, clearly she's ambitious, putting technology, innovation, and a lot of hard work going into what they're doing there out there in New Jersey. So Chelsea really, I think, does provide an example, even in a, in a growing region like New Jersey. I think it's notable that we're talking about where the heart of commercial production begun. And now we're talking about a generation, four generations into farming out there that sees a future in blueberries. And that to me is a very exciting and I hope inspiring story that we were able to share here today on the Business of Blueberry podcast. So I'm encouraged and I hope you are too. But that's it for this episode. Thanks as always for listening and join us again next week for more innovation, collaboration, family and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Blueberries.